but can we do to keep large particles and good pellets? And also maybe try to um, expose more nutrients and energy of the ingredients with processing here. And then we try to use uh, in the better way the expander processing. Mm -hmm. So we applied expander to different particle size and we also uh, ground these ingredients, especially corn, uh, with hammer and rolling wheel. Yeah. So um, in principle, okay, you are just broken, making some uh, physical changing by grinding. But when you use a rolling mill, you have more um, um, corners and more uh, rectangular particles. And it seems that they have some influence in digestibility. A whole new era of communication in the feed mill industry is coming. Now you have the brightest minds in the global feed mill industry right in your pocket. And what's best? You can listen to all of them while driving to a feed mill, to a farm, traveling, or running errands. It's never been this good, and it's never been this simple. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Ivonic Animal Nutrition. We are sciencing the global food challenge. Eastman works with you to accelerate your nutrition program innovation. Welcome to the Feed Science Podcast Show, a weekly podcast where you'll find cutting-edge insights and all that's working in the global feed mill industry. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to this uh, new episode of the Feed Science Podcast. Uh, I am your host, uh, Wilmer Pacheco, and today I have the pleasure to uh, have uh, Marco Elvin with me. How are you, Marco? I'm fine. Thank you for the invitation, Wilmer. All great here. Thank, thank you, Marco. And uh, first, you know, um, we would like to know more about you. Could you tell us a little bit about like uh, your professional experience? Yes. Well, uh, thank you again for the invitation and I will introduce myself a little bit. Well, I'm Brazilian and from South Brazil, uh, a veterinarian and master in animal science and also a PhD in the same area. But PhD was focused in feed processing, the relationship between nutrition, feed processing, and the animals. Animals here, broilers. And also uh, worked for three years in a big company as nutritionist. So it was the last three years I was working as nutritionist. And now I am here in our university as postdoc researcher. And I will work also with feed processing, but the processing material will be a little bit different. Later we can talk about it, it probably two years. <laughs> so, um, so I am enthusiastic and I, I believe that feed processing is really important for the entire chain of production. doesn't matter which animal. So you need to handle very well your, your feed to have a better uh, performance and also sustainability in the, in the processing or in your uh, meat chine production. Ivonic Animal Nutrition is committed to ensure food security and safety while reducing the ecological footprint of animal farming. Its products and services use evidence-based solutions that seek to promote animal welfare and reduce reliance on natural resources. All this is underpinned by long-standing industry partnerships and deep customer understanding. 
Ivonics focus on efficiency, sustainable, healthy nutrition, and collaborations with livestock farming partners creates value for customers and consumers. Excellent, uh, Marco. And, uh, you know, like you did mention something really interesting because we seems like we work in similar areas, right? In those interrelationship between feed processing, nutrition, and and, and physiology. And um, I don't know if, if if you could share a little bit more about like the the research that you did during you know your uh, grad school. Yes. Um... I'm from a family of a short uh, little farmer, and we I involved with feed processing from my childhood to now. So, and I always saw my father grinding and mixing the diets for the cows and receiving the pellets for the broilers. Well, and so also my father said it's it's uh, very important to have enough feed, and it's better have uh, some savings, and it means. There is enough and uh, there is remaining feed in the silos. Turn the opposite, yeah, if you want to have a good performance. So, and then later in my trials, especially in the PhD, um, we worked with uh, types of grinding. Yeah. We grind in different particle size to show um, until where, until which is the biggest particle size that you can do, thinking on the physiology of the broiler. We need to develop a good geyser. And also, um, it's particle size an issue for pellet quality. What can we do to keep large particles and good pellets? And also maybe try to um, expose more nutrients and energy of the ingredients with processing here, and then we try to use uh, in the better way the expander processing. Mm-hmm. So we applied expander to different particle size, and we also uh, ground these ingredients, especially corn, uh, with hammer and rolling mill. Yeah. So um, in principle, okay, you are just broking, making some uh, physical changing by grinding, but when you use a roller mill you have more um, um, corners and more uh, rectangular particles. And it seems that they have some influence in digestibility. Uh, we show that, we saw that in our trial. And um, how we can explain uh, just the effect of, uh, of a meal in digestibility. And one of the reasons is, is that we have more uniform particles and also um, the shape, it's more rectangular. When we compare it with the, with the ones that came out of an, a hammer mill, which are more uh, spheric. And we also have a shorter range, it means to, pro- to have the same average particle size the range of particles is lower when you use a roller mill than in a hammer mill. It means if you have, if to achieve a large particle size, you need, you have in your uh, diet um, grains almost entire. It means too big. And the digestibility of this is also not so good. You need longer time and to, to the animal can drown that in the, in the correct particle. Um, it's, it's not an advantage. And when you apply the process uh, expander, 
expanded act as a secondary grinder, and it's really intense because you are applying uh, temperature, which is uh, promoted. The temperature here is due to the friction, and this friction also grind. And uh, so, uh, in general, all try we found that we can use large particles, um, process the with expander, and um, and and also grind with a roll mill. It means this was our best arrangement. But it changed a lot because uh, when we are talking about feed processing, uh, each each feed mill have their own feature, their own uh, sets. And uh, this kind of trial are interesting to show uh, which direction you will, you will go when you have a similar set, similar uh, processing line. That's very important. Uh, and these kind of trials are more like guidelines for us. And you should your company make these tests especially uh, regarding pellet quality and also uh, go to the slaughterhouse and check your uh, gizzards. Uh, we had some issues in my former company with that and we just changed a little bit the particle size and we, we have good results regarding um, intestinal tract development. Yeah. And uh, the biggest reason for our uh, efforts was um, we had some problems in the slaughterhouse later with the carcass contamination. So the sphincters were not anymore working very well. So the, the little bit, the little uh, diet remained in the gizzard, go back, and um, they had issues with our carcass contamination with some grains on it. And uh, yeah. in Brazil, we, we cannot uh, wash the carcass. So these ones were dropped out from the line. And uh, what I'm trying to say with that is uh, the feed processing sometimes look, looks uh, simple, but it plays important roles in the in the animal performance. That 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 is true, right? And uh, you know, I work like I told you in the similar area, and sometimes yeah. we focus a lot on the macrostructure of the pellets, and we forget about like the distribution of. Mm -hmm. of those particles in the microstructure. And I have seen some similar issues in other countries where they just grind way too fine to improve pellet quality, but then they start having like issues with proventriculitis. And then the same issue that you are explaining with um, problems with uh, carcass contamination, or mm -hmm. sometimes they need to increase the, the um, uh, feed removal time for the birds so to allow them to, to clean the, the gastrointestinal tract. Um, prior to processing. Yeah. Um, since, since you work with expanders, um, you know, I don't, I haven't seen any companies in the U.S. that have expanders, but you, you have experience. Mm -hmm. What kind of considerations does the companies need to have when they, they, when they are using expanders? Yeah, expander is a very good machine, and, but um, it works very well in a, a very straight line. It makes you the features or the material that's going into the expander must be well conditioned, especially with an homogenized uh, moisture. And this moisture show came from the steam. It's, uh, if you can apply steam to achieve around 15% of moisture, you will have a good spending later. If you cannot do that, 
You can also use water, water in the room temperature without any issue, but it's not so good, you know. Uh, and uh, for expanding, you need to, the first thing that you need to apply is moisture. So if you cannot do that in your conditioner, which sometimes are not so good mixers, you know, uh, in my, my former case, we, we used expander to rise productivity of the lines. And then our um, conditioner was too short. Mm -hmm. And what happened? We tried to put steam uh, directly in the, in the mixer. Sorry, uh, moisture in the mixer with water. It helps, but it uh, was not enough. And later, we also uh, tried to put um, uh, water in the conditioner. But then we had some issues with uniformity of uh, mixing. Uh, it was too short and too fast. And it means when you, are, when you have an expander, the, my biggest concern is with moisture. And also time to... Um, Prior to the, the expanding, this moisture should uh, penetrate very well the corn, and then if in the expanding, because it's too fast, you have just seconds, and then um, that we saw, we saw that because in, in the in, this, in the trials we had good conditioning, and the expander works very well, and the pellet quality rise, and uh, they also the after pelleting durability of the pellets, when PDI was very good, and also the amount of pellets formed in the machine, in the pellet press, was high with large particles. It's important to say. And um, in the companies, I, I had some issues. And also, but it, it's, it begins uh, by the design of the project, when they decide to put and expand between the conditioner and the pellet press. So my biggest concern is that to have an uniform uh, flow of material and well moisture. That's uh, and also maintenance of the equipment because you have a lot of friction. It means these uh, metal parts that you suffer a lot, and you show keep in your agenda that you need to change and replace parts uh, as the. The, it's mandatory regarding the guideline of the company that produces the expander. Yeah? That's important to do because expander, it's, uh, if you don't apply the, the enough energy, you have, you don't have expanding. You just have, uh, throw pass. It means it's just a yeah. feeder <laughs> and uh, that's important. And also, um, if you are applying expander, you need to take, you need to have in, in, in mind that you are applying uh, a lot of heat. It means temperature and your uh, enzymes will be compromised. You need to work mm -hmm. with a post pellet application and uh, to maintain the quality, especially because enzymes is a, it's a, fantastic uh, tool for you. You can save a lot of money directly and also later nutri nutrients and lower uh, pollution in your system. And uh, that's important when you are uh, trying to 
in stout expander, put some system for enzymes after pelleting. And the same regard, thinking now about nutrition part of the process is vitamins. I guess in vitamins nowadays we have two issues. When you have expanded fields of them, it's you will rise your costs. We try to put more because the, the recovery of, of vitamins is lower. And also um, we don't know exactly the requirements. When you go to literature and which are the, exactly the requirements of vitamins of your animals. The trials was, are old ones and our uh, ingredients, mine ingredients are not the same. It means corn and, and soybean meal. We have a lot of kinds of them and uh, probably different concentration of vitamins. And also, um, which is exactly the requirement. Trials that are showing the requirement of vitamins, I guess we have a lack of literature. It also has to be uh, to, to make it harder to, to produce and formulate your premix. <laughs> and um, when, you are, when you have this uh, heat processing or intense heat processing, uh, we don't have a way to apply vitamins because there are powders and must be applied in the mixer. Yeah? And all the material will go through the expander. Or just expanding uh, corn or a mix with soybean. But then you are applying two, two times uh, heat processing or thermal um, processing. It's not good regarding the starch modification. And you have to have the beginning of gelatinization, then the retrograduation. And later you will do it again. If you apply just expanded to this um, main ingredient, uh, it's not a good way. And also when you um, do it, that the cooling of this um, just expanded product is not so easy. You need to have a big color. Most times this uh, bell color and uh, it's a dryer and cooler. And then it's a big machine and it's, uh, you also need to think in how much energy you are applying to your feet, you know, I guess, I guess that's are the, the most important issues and you need to think on that and see if expand is really useful for you or you can maybe uh, adjust some other parts in your line to have more better pellets because we know that pellets are very important for the broiler. And, and that's what I was going to ask you, you know, because you, you, you have had the fortune to work with companies that have like uh, expanders and others that don't have expanders. Yeah. So, um, and as you were mentioning, it, it, it is very important to include pellet quality. What about like, uh, companies that don't, that, that they don't use expanders? What, what would be your advice for those companies on how they can improve, uh, pellet quality? What other factors they should consider? Maybe like particle size, conditioning, temperatures, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I would say that the first of all is to respect your machines. It means if your machine is designed to produce 40 tons per hour, that's your limit. And um, sometimes you want to save money or uh, have not enough budget for to, to construct another, a new line. But it's important to respect your line. It means... Because we know that more productivity means a lower quality. Uh, my advice will be condi your conditioner again. 
put a lot of moisture with steam and well mix it in your conditioner and uh, rise a little bit the temperature. I guess a good temperature it's around 85 degrees. Sometimes uh, we, uh, what I saw was uh, that people are checking temperature more to kill bacteria as a hygienization device and uh, the preparing of the material for the pellet press was a, a second uh, part of the, especially in the understanding of what was happening in the conditioner. And um, a little bit longer holds, it means this uh, ratio between diameter and uh, lo long length of the holes rises a little bit. It helps a lot. Mm -hmm. um, regarding particle size, um, what we saw was we changed a particle size a lot of times to find the best way. And also when we replaced parts in the, in the grinder, in the mill, hammer mill, we have changing, but the, the pellet quality does not change so much. So uh, keep your large particles. Don't touch that. Uh, keep it large because the probably need that. If you are, if you have a little bit improvement in pellet quality, maybe could be a reason to reduce a little bit the particle size. But it's, um, but we don't see that. And also literature is saying that you can use large particle size without compromising uh, pellet quality. And one way to keep the particle size uh, larger is use a, a, a little longer or a bit more, um, a bigger diameter. It means you have more place to, um, fix or glue the particles around this large corn particle, let's say. Um, instead of using three millimeters, we use four, uh, 0.5 millimeters diameter. It works. Mm -hmm. And then a longer way. Uh, so this ratio can, can be, uh, around, uh, 18 when you divide the length by the diameter. 18 is a good, a good number. And, um, and later also, uh, check your cooling. Because cooling, it's when you fix, really fix the, the pellet. Yeah. So when you produce good pellets, it's easier to cool and, uh, reduce a lot of your moisture in the cooler. It helps to keep the pellet in time. So, and also, uh, keep in touch with your nutritionist. If you can see some alternatives there in the formulation, nowadays with the uh, using of enzymes and they all, most of them have matrix, energy matrix. And then the, the oil using is really low. We are using oil more for the, to wax the machines than for the broilers. That's not anymore an issue regarding too much oil. Yeah. Then if that's the case, some probably, um, which is the most important part of your formulation, it's price. Regarding the, we have just two or three ingredients. That's also a problem. We have a lot available, but the price is not so interesting because nowadays we are uh, competing 
with uh, energy producing it means ethanol and and so on and then um, keep in touch with your nutritionists to see if there is any change in the in the diet that can be be applied and um, because we we have a lot of uh, of products that, that they work very well in mash diets because you just put in the mixer but when you are using pelletin, sometimes it doesn't work because it's, you have too low oil and oil is also important for the process. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's really important. You know, like uh, uh, regarding the, the LD ratio, US, uh, what, I, what you will see will be more like 12 and 13. But mm-hmm. um, when you go like, like, you know, other countries in Latin America or Europe, I see, like you're saying, 18, 20, 15. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you were mentioning, um, whatever improves pellet quality affects your, your production rate, right? So the yeah. companies need to find that balance and kind of understand what is the, the issue. The worst issue might be a low quality and not enough production capacity. Um, yeah. That's probably they need to start considering uh, new lines. And... Uh, Something that you mentioned um, that is, I think is very important is the, the feed mills, they should be talking with the nutritionist, right? When they have like issues. Uh, and uh, you have been working as a nutritionist or you work as a nutritionist for uh, three years. What, what would you say that are the biggest challenges uh, in nutrition right now? Is the, you know, lack of alternative ingredients or too many ingredients in the market and sometimes... Um, it's hard to know which one will have a value in the formulation. I, I don't know what you could share about that. Like more like the, the formulation size. And- yeah, uh, uh, one of the problem is your dosing. You have a lot of ingredients and they work very well, but your machines are too big normally because we, nowadays we, we are working with automatic dosing, you know. Yeah. And um, our biggest issue in the first in the first analysis is that. You have the ingredient, but you need to put in the premix. And then um, the price rise, mm-hmm. or you have to use your own uh, premix uh, producing, or you need to buy from another side. And then the advantage in price that you are that you have with this alternative product um, is not anymore there because you have the the service, and uh, that's and the. On, yes, in the beginning is that you have a lot of products, especially regarding uh, cut health and so on. Uh, all of them are acids and active acids, and they react too much in your equipments, and you cannot dose them. It's not, it looks sometimes like, oh, dosing is so, so simple. Yeah, it's simple. When the product have a good fluiding and flowing, then yes. And uh, the amount of, you, you need to have machines that uh, for a batch, big batches, but low concentration of some products, your, your uh, dosing system is not produced for that. That's the first problem. And so we, we, we don't use a lot of products regarding that. One is the amount and also the other is the chemical uh, action, the physical reaction that I have between the products and you have issues with the equipment. And the other part is uh, 
not so much people talk about. It's but we have just two, two main ingredients. We have just soybean and corn. So uh, when the price rises, the first uh, pressure of a nutritionist is you need to keep the price low with the same performance of the animals. Okay, but uh, I cannot change the matrix of the corn or so just this. Okay, it's it's uh, expensive, it's more expensive now, and uh, but we have more nutrients. That's not true. So the price mm-hmm. rises, and then you have uh, it's not um, it's not too easy being this chair sitting in front of the computer and mm-hmm. uh, keep the price without uh, lowering or. Uh, have other uh, ingredients um, available for you. And, and then you go to the, the, the micro, you know. You have uh, alternative for protein. You can replace some ones with uh, also energy sources. And then if your processing line is uh, on the limit of capacity, any change that you made in the formulation, especially in amount of oil, which is expensive. Uh, the last, I guess, last five years, we have uh, high prices. And um, and then you you put a product with uh, energy matrix and low uh, concentration. The first that what happened is you take off a lot of oil, and then. The other side, uh, your line will drop the capacity and then you have issues with, uh, you have not enough feed for the broilers. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, if you want to to build a new line, it's really expensive. doesn't matter where you are. It's expensive. And then you need to find uh, alternatives to keep um, your productivity. And all of the ways it's, uh, save your particle size it means at least save your particle size you are also saving a little bit of energy by grinding it uh, coarse and that's I guess that's the most important finding from the last years I guess it's the particle size in the past they, they work with particle size and they start to grind more and a lot of knowledge came from from the swine and uh, I, I, I saw that in Europe, people there handled broiler and swine in the same way. They just, they just call them monogastrics. Mm-hmm. And then they, how they handle them is the same way, okay? But particle size, I guess, is the biggest thing from the last years that we are talking again about that. Yeah? And... Um, it's not when you have issues, especially with uh, capacity of your lines, then your formulation will be more restrictive, and then the price will rise of your kilo of product. That's not good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, something that uh, that you you were mentioning, like uh, Europe, right? They they at least have like other other alternatives. They sometimes can add like some whole wheat in the formulation. Yeah. to compensate for that. But I, I do remember that you were mentioning that, you know, don't compromise particle size, which is very important. And uh, just to share a little bit with you, uh, we when we uh, make different particle size and we evaluate pellet quality, 
we don't see big differences in pellet quality neither. And I don't know if that's because, you know, the conditioners are getting longer or now we are just using double conditioners. And mm-hmm. even if you have like larger particle size, uh, those particles can get like fully hydrated before they enter uh, the pellet um, you know, the pelleting chamber. Mm-hmm. Maybe before some of the old research was done with a single conditioner and with a single conditioner, you could potentially um, have more benefits with a smaller particle size, but yeah. not with a, with a double conditioner. So that's, that's very, very good. Um, one thing that I was going to ask you when, when you have like uh, multiple ingredients, do you see any issues with the lack of uh, microbeans or, you know, silos and the feed mill to, to accommodate those ingredients? Yes, that's also a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes your management in the, in the mill must be very good because you have a lot of products and you cannot have too much in your warehouse. Also because of the price, you cannot just keep you a lot of money there. So you need to have people to management that. And um, more silos you have also the problem with longer time to prepare each batch. Mm-hmm. That's also a problem regarding productivity. And you have more things that must be well mixed, you know. Uh, short amounts, you have, uh, let's say, uh, 0.005% of inclusion and you want to find it in every every part of your mixer later. Mm -hmm. That's also a problem. And um, too much products. Yeah. And so you depend on a lot of of, uh, providers and all they can have some problem and and nowadays we are working with uh, just a little bit uh, product in your in your in your in your feed mill, and then sometimes you need to ch- you have some alternatives more than one formulation for the same feed phase regarding some uh, problems in logistics that also can happen, and also when you have some issues, some uh, those are broke. And then the repairing takes some time. Then also if you don't have uh, silos available for dosing, don't have problems with that also. Mm-hmm. So it's not so good if you have too much products. The same yeah. is with liquids also. Yeah. Um, but on the other side, um, what we see is uh, almost every day new products in the in the market. Yeah. So probably we need to think on. Uh, premics in your own company maybe okay yeah yeah i mean uh it's you know like having more products there are always like uh, additional tools but then you face with the like the challenges that you are mentioning like uh, how use that combination of the products are the best way you know to get the, the best performance it's time for our famous three Eastman serves veterinarians and nutritionists in agrochemical and animal health industries by helping them select, evaluate, and implement innovative nutritional programs. Eastman works with your team to customize your gut health approach in feed and water. Eastman's approach addresses nutritional and bacterial challenges and finds new ingredient preservation and hygiene solutions. Explore ways to accelerate and innovate your programs. 
contact the animal nutrition team at eastman.com. We are getting close to the end, uh, Marco, and um, I, I have learned a lot and enjoy, you know, the conversation with you. Uh, at the end, you know, this podcast, uh, I always like to ask the, you know, our guests about like what kind of advice uh, they can provide to uh, grad students, particularly uh, doing their master and their PhD. How they, how can they uh, prepare better to have a more successful uh, career? So I don't know what will be your advice for them. Yeah, I guess the first of all is uh, still believe in humanity. And, and that we have a lot of challenges. Um, I in contact with students, and especially in the PhD. And what I saw was they don't believe that we have issues or that, that we have new frontiers to explore with science. Yeah? Oh, just Google all of that. No. Uh, keep believing that we have challenges and also keep believing in humanity and our capacity to change things here in the year. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the first and the biggest one. And um, to change things, if you have some issues with ah, climate change, let's say, and bigger um, problems that we are uh, that we have nowadays, if you want to change it, science is a, the unique way. And because you can prove and make things that really change later uh, with actions and uh, it makes. Keep studying. Uh, and if you have some interest in science, go to this. Uh, you have an internship. It's a good way to be part of the, the producing of science and read a lot of papers. Don't make conclusion if you're reading just one or two. And nowadays it's easy. You just read the title of some things that you know or guess that you are thinking, oh, no, I know. I know about that. No, you just read the title and probably title is just to take your attention and you need to read a lot. That's, it's a good behavior. You should read more time, just go there and, and see the titles and um, ask if you have some, some problems or some issues or your you doubts, uh, you have, be curious, be curious. Ask, mm-hmm. ask for people, and especially in the, in, at the universities and also in the companies, the people are, are uh, helpful and they are happy when they can share knowledge and help solve problems. Uh, I saw it a lot of that um, in my former company. It's not the company, the, the problem, but the behaving of the young people, they had internship, and I, uh, I was telling them, if you have some questions, please come to me. I will help to answer. And also your colleagues here, they have more experience. They know a little bit more and they will help to answer. And uh, sometimes, for example, they were doing um, PDI, pellet quality, yeah. fines and PDI. Okay, I saw you will learn it in half an hour. You, you know the method and you will do it for six months. But to show uh, what I want from you is you should uh, be able to say why we are pelletizing, what's in the pellet, and which part of the entire chain you are involved. Be curious and ask about that, these kind of things. And um, that's not so easy to achieve because they just 
mm-hmm. go to the routine and did the work and was that. So we show to ask more and be courteous and uh, be part of the of the transformation with science. Mm-hmm. I guess that's yeah. it's my biggest advice. Okay. Well, uh, thank you so much, Marco. It's, it's nice talking to you and hopefully in the future uh, we have you again and that way, you know, we can discuss more about what what you're going to be doing in Aubrey University and, and I'm looking forward to, to see you around. Well, thank you very much. It was a nice conversation. I Hopefully I have a little bit to understand more about this fantastic feed processing and nutrition. So thank you very much again. Thank you, Marco. Have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Looking to elevate your brand and captivate audiences through the power of podcasting? Look no further. Introducing the custom podcast brought to you by Wise Minutes, where we take care of the behind the scenes so that you can focus on what truly matters. Podcasting has become an invaluable tool for brand awareness, but let's face it, putting it into practice can be a daunting task. It's incredibly time-consuming and requires technical know-how, but don't worry, we've got you covered. With our experienced team at The Help, we'll handle the operational aspects so you can channel your energy into what your company does best. Are you ready to unleash the podcasting potential of your company? Schedule a call with one of our specialists today at the link in the bottom of this episode. You'll also receive a free podcast strategy consult tailored to the unique needs and goals of your business.